42! Blue, 42! Hut, hut, hike! This is The Game Managers on WJLX 101.5, America's one and only sports talk show. Breaking down college football's biggest games, latest news, and greatest moments. Are you ready? Because it starts right now. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Game Managers Podcast. I am Nick Norris, and with me again, finally, after many weeks off, the World Cup enjoyer himself, Justin Knight. Welcome back. Ooh. Yeah, I mean, goodness, it's been uh, it's been a couple of years, hasn't it? Yeah, you've actually you've been away because you've been reporting on the World Cup live, and and that's that's, that's where true. You've been. Yeah, I got a special invitation from the uh, dictator of Qatar. He said, "Hey, come over here and report on the World Cup for us." Okay, well, tell us what you've sure, seen so far. Um, I've seen you know a lot of great soccer. You know, a lot of great fans. Um, I've they you know they put me up in this little cargo shed. That's the best they can do, but whatever, that's fine. Um, but yeah, it's been great. Great, and now and now we're here live at the Heisman. Have, did you see that? Do you see the little the little shacks that they had set up for people to stay in? It's like it was just cargo containers they made into a uh, room. <laughs> really? No, I didn't see that. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, I hope you had a nice time. Yeah, it was all right. Uh, speaking of the World Cup, we have our semifinal matchups now uh, after Saturday's and the weekend's games. We have Argentina versus Croatia on Tuesday and France versus Morocco on Wednesday. Uh, who do you think is going to advance to the finals? Um, I mean, I, it's just it's just a guess. I have no idea. Uh, but probably France and Croatia. Okay. They did... They played each other back in 2018, and that's probably what's going to happen again. All right. Who would you like to win out of these four? Uh, Morocco would be cool. Yeah, that would be cool. I was thinking the same thing. Very yeah, huge upset. Good. Very good. I've actually watched a bit of this. I am a uh, I teach geography class, and I thought this this works as geography. <laughs> so we've watched a little bit of it uh, when we get done with our work. Good stuff, I think. Uh, speaking of good stuff, though, the NFL reportedly fined the New Orleans Saints $550,000 after defensive end Cameron Jordan went down with an alleged fake injury and a loss of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Monday. Uh, Jordan's injury forced a stoppage during the fourth quarter as the Buccaneers sped to set up on the line of scrimmage at 4th and 10. Cameras allegedly captured Jordan receiving direction from the sideline to go down with an injury and force the stoppage. Does this surprise you at all? Oh, no, I mean, everybody does it. I'm glad they're starting to catch it, though, and find people for it. They also find a Bengals player who did the same thing, 50000 for faking an injury. Mm. So I, I'm all for it, you know, because, I mean, they've been doing it for years. It's been something that's been going on, and they're finally starting to find people for it. So, yeah, I, I'm all for it. Yeah, yeah, I think so. So, yeah, it's it's... That's a, I mean, this is a a problem a lot of, especially Americans have with soccer. I feel is they can't, they say they can't get over the flopping. Um, you don't, oh, so yeah. you don't want, I guess you don't want that in American football. You, this is a way to kind of shut that down from well, becoming a thing here. And well, basketball has plenty of it too. That, that gets hard to watch sometimes mm-hmm. as well. That's true. Very true. And speaking of true, uh, this is an unfortunate truth. For Alabama fans, Alabama has seen 19 players go in the portal during the 2022-2023 cycle, including 12 scholarship defections. Of course, they're going to grab quite a few from the portal as well, most likely. Um, So I'm sure it'll all even out. But significant number, significant number of scholarship players to leave. Yeah, I mean, it's it's the name of the game now, sadly. It's just how it is now with the transfer portal and um, NIL deals. You're just going to, it's basically free agency, but in college. Now the teams, I mean, it's just the teams with the most players in the transporter transfer portal right now. Can you guess which team has the most, Justin? 
I'll give you a hint. Mm, their coach, A&M? their coach's name rhymes with Fimbo Jisher. So I was right. So A and M, Texas A and M has twenty. Um, 20 at the time of recording uh, behind them is florida with yeah. 17 and this one's a little surprising behind florida is old miss with 15 hmm yeah interesting yeah so uh yeah texas a&m having that many no surprise there at all in my opinion but yeah, yeah like they thought man jim jimbo's probably gonna be a good coach and they get there and like man this guy sucks he doesn't know what the heck he's doing he's calling all these plays yeah. he's a goofball i've been ragging on jimbo fisher the last few weeks i feel like it's only fair that i also bring up mel tucker is in the exact same scenario making almost Ooh. as much as jimbo um and he had the same record so not ideal yeah that's even worse there because he had that he had that one good season they're like man we're gonna give him a big extension and then since that extension, it's just been yeah terrible. Yeah. Very interesting. Well. That's why I don't get it. Don't do the extension unless your name is Dabo Sweeney, Kirby Smart, or Nick Saban. Yeah. That's fair. Well, uh, let's talk about some weird news of the week in our weekly segment, Miss Managers. Peculiar and wonderful and terrible and bad Mismanagement and mystery and dreams you never had Grizzly or grievous or beavers with cleavers Audacity and specialty and used to drive you mad It's a wonder any one of us can manage to survive In a world of, world of mismanagers All right, Justin, I've changed the way I do mismanagers I, I think I've done an episode or two with you this way um, I, Now I just go to shepherdexpress.com and every week they put together an article of weird things that happened. And I just go in blind. I don't proofread. I just pick and go. And I think that's been fun. That's, I guess that's good and a little risky as well. <laughs> it definitely is. Yeah, there's been some weird ones for sure. So I'm just going to go through here. Mm. There's always, there's usually about eight or ten of them. I usually pick about half of them. So we'll just, we'll just see how it goes on time. Oh, uh, boy. I'm going to start with the top. Unclear on the concept is the headline for this one. Apparently, spiritual Zen wasn't enough for Buddhist monks at two small temples in northern Thailand as part of an investigation into drug abuse in the Fichibun province. Um, I saw that. Officials visited the monasteries on November 25th and discovered that all of the monks, even the abbot, tested positive for methamphetamine. Uh, This is a quote. I was frightened because I never thought the monks would be addicted to drugs, said... I'm going to butcher the same. I apologize. Zhengyu Naburi, Naburi, the village headman. But the monk's behavior gave them away. Quote, when I inspected the abbot's shelter, I was stunned because it was a mess. Uh, Sinyu said, the monks were forced to leave the monkhood and enter rehab. For now, quote, the temple is empty. Sinyu said. That's crazy. Goodness. Meth. See, yeah. And, I mean, you would think, okay, maybe they just got on something small, you know, but no, they went all the way to meth. Mm. I mean, they went all out. Um, I guess, you know, as a monk, you just, you're like, huh, what else is there to do? Well, I'll just get, I'll get addicted to meth. That's what I'll do. Yeah. I mean, the yeah. Meth and monks, they both start with them. It's probably fine. One syllable yeah, words. it's a good mix. Yeah. Uh, this one's titled Least Competent Criminal. When alleged thief Jonathan James Frazier, age 35, snatched a surveillance camera from the backyard of a home in Tullahoma, Tullahoma, Tennessee, the camera's owner received a motion alert and watched on his cell phone as Frazier stashed it in his backpack, then pulled it out and sold it, quote, to a male subject that police were able to identify, unquote. Uh, the live feed continued at the purchaser's home. Why is he officers, selling a camera? <laughs> where officers caught up with the loot. The purchaser told them uh, where they could find Frazier, and Frazier confessed to the larceny. That's unfortunate, just to have it just live streaming the entire time. I mean, that's the best thing you can think of to steal. I'm going to steal his camera and sell a security camera. Yeah. Pretty good. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty stupid. Yeah, just make sure it's off. Make sure it's off. I guess he was in a hurry. Uh, this one's in... Okay, uh, so this is two articles here, they're, but they're under one title in not so hot water about 200 ice fishing enthusiasts had to be evacuated from upper red lake minnesota after a large chunk of ice broke free from the main shoreline stranding them about 30 yards away 
they were able to get a 911 call out mm. around 11.30 a.m. Employing a drone to assess the situation, officers used a temporary bridge to reach the fishers, along with airboats and water rescue boats. They all returned safety. That's terrifying. Yeah, I was about to say, I don't think you can make that swim. Yeah. So. Uh, and just like that's, those freezing waters. So this happened the same day as the oil and chemical tanker, uh, Alethany Aleth- 2, pulled into La- uh, Las Palmas in the Canary Islands. It also carried three stowaways, riding the ship's rudder at the stern just feet above the waterline. The Guardian reported that the three men had survived an 11-day journey from Nigeria, more than 2,700 nautical miles, were suffering from hypothermia, and dehydration the spanish coast guard rescued Jeez. them wow that's a tough 11 days Brutal. for sure wow uh this one is let's see this one is picky picky the cowboy state daily reported on november 27th that Vern and shireen libel are hoping to make a move to wyoming with one very particular criterion dictating which city they choose the public library Libels have been traversing Wyoming, visiting libraries for the last three and a half months, hoping to see each of the state has to offer. There have been a few standouts along the way. The report in Glenrock, Vern said they have these skylights up there, and it's like blonde wood, and it's just (laughs) feels so light and airy. He also loved the name of the library in Ranchester, the Tongue River Library. His infatuation with libraries also extends to bookstores. Okay, that's not very interesting, interesting, is it? Sure. <laughs> I mean, that's that's the thing. Going in blind, they're not all going to be winners, are they? Let's see. Yeah. Let's see. Here we go. Um, okay. 100-year-old Jeff Banks of uh, England and 100-year-old Celesta Byrne of Texas have a unique bond. They've been pen pals since 1938. Uh, their friendship blossomed when they were in their 20s, and an educational project put them in touch with each other. Since then, they've kept up with technology, swi- switching to emails and video calls, and the two met in person in 2002. Banks calls Byrne, quote, a very interesting person. We exchange stories. She's very good to talk to, unquote. Byrne shuts down any suggestion of romance over the years. Quote, there wasn't glibbly globbly stuff. It was just normal neighbor people. Hundred globbly globbly stuff. Globbly globbly stuff. Is that a term you use often? I've never even heard it before. <laughs> uh, how about we do one more here? But all right. This is. It's nice to have a hobby. High Point, North Carolina resident uh, Vin Klinko is believed to have the largest collection in the world of hot sauce. He started 26 years ago with three bottles. Today, he displays almost 11,000 bottles in his basement shrine. It has turned into an obsession, he admits. He's become such a celebrity in the hot sauce culture that manufacturers send him samples of their new varieties. Uh, he says, I want it to be shared with anyone that has a love nice. of as I do. He hopes to hold tastings to introduce others to love of the spicy condiments. These were all losers this week. I'm going to be honest. Uh, Shepherd Express. Yeah, most of those were pretty boring. Yeah. Pick, pick it up. Except for the Monk one. That was pretty good. Pick it up. Yeah, the Monk one is good. That is good. I have to admit. Okay. Um, you know what? This one's pretty good. Uh, last one. Amanda Ramirez of Florida filed a class action lawsuit against Kraft Heinz Food Co. on November 18th, seeking $5 million. Her complaint, Velveeta's microwavable shell and cheese instructions indicate the dish is ready in three and a half minutes. But Ramirez says that is, quote, false and misleading because the product takes longer than three and a half minutes to prepare for consumption. The suit goes on to say that three and a half minutes are merely the time needed for microwaving the product, which is just one of several steps. Uh, Kraft Heinz told Fox Business the suit is frivolous and they will strongly defend against the allegations in the complaint. Well, see, how does something like that even make it to that point? Like, it should be an easy denial. Like, yeah, you're stupid. It just says, yeah, it's just instructions on the back. I mean, I've lost all hope for most people. Sue SA, baby. Sue SA. Sue SA. Make it big. Yeah, basically. All right. Okay, we got to take a break. When we come back, though, we're going to actually talk about football, get into the Army-Navy game, the Heisman ceremony, and then maybe talk about a little bit on, make a prediction on all the bowl games of the year. How about that? Sound good? So yeah, uh, we'll be, we'll be right back. You're listening to the game managers on WJLX 101.5.
Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Game Managers Podcast. I'm Nick Norris. With me is Justin Knight. I'm here. Okay, great. And we are going to get into the Army-Navy game, the Heisman ceremony, as well as the upcoming bowl games. And how about we start with Army-Navy, or as ESPN.com has it, Navy versus Army. Um, And this is a fun game. Went into overtime, ended with a winning field goal. Um, did you get to watch any of this game? Yeah, I stopped watching around the third quarter because it was getting hard to watch. Well, that's great because I started watching around the third quarter. So we, together we there watched a full game. That's nice. Yeah, so I mean, I'll give you a recap of the first half. Yeah. Uh, no offense. No. The offense sucked. Yeah. Um, Do you know how many, really the only ex- you know how many passes in the exciting moment the entire game? The entire game, um, I think they've man, they, they may have thrown like two or three, four, <laughs> through four passes. Okay, yeah, you know how many? Well, I think there was one year neither team threw any passes. You know how many army threw? Goodness, um, I say five, 12. They threw 12. Really, yeah, wow. they only had three more yards though than Navy through the year, 28 for Army. 25 for Navy. I'm surprised they threw it that much. Yeah, uh, Navy had a, a passing touchdown, believe it or not. Um, so Wow. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll give you a recap of the first half. It was just a block punt, and that was it. I mean, it was brutal. At that point, I was just like, I can't. I mean, because there, there's been years where there has been exciting offense, and it's like, I think a few years ago, there was the snow game. That was fun to watch, just because you had all this snow, and it was hard to play in, but I don't know, something about this year, it was, I mean, both these teams are not very good. Right. Sometimes there's years where Navy's pretty good or Army has a pretty good team. Um, but, oof, man, those the triple option was hard to watch today. Oh, yeah, yeah. And Army had to win this one to get bowl eligible. Uh, they did. They're 6-6, six six, 500. Yeah. Navy finishing 4-8. and eight. Um, yeah, I mean, there's not a ton to say here. Obviously, you can't really judge the quarterback play because there was none outside of handing the ball off and, you know, maybe running a little bit. Uh, Xavier, uh, our line for Navy, hit their quarterback. He he toted it for 28 times. He had 102 yards, um, the leading rusher yeah. for Navy. Behind him, Anton Hall Jr. with 99 yards on just seven carries. Uh, but he had a long one for 77 uh, and a score. And at, so I think um, Army's won three of the last four on the road in this game because I know they're playing close to um, the um, Na- Naval Academy yeah. there in um, – and is, where is that? Annapolis? Um, yeah, I can pull it Maryland. Up. So they played in Philly, so I guess yeah, that's the Philly closest they can get to it. But, um, yeah, I think Army's won three of the last four there. Oh, nice. Uh, speaking of Army, uh, Army uh, Tyre Tyler – it's hard to say. Uh, Tyra Tyler, I like that name. He had 23 carries for 62 yards. Uh, and behind him is Markle Johnson with six carries for 40 yards and a touchdown. Like you said, very low scoring. Um, the big thing was the blocked punt. I guess that's your highlight of the game. But, uh, that's my highlight. <laughs> packed out, though, as always, obviously. You know, this is a game that, you know, obviously yeah. the, the military is going to show up for. So. Um, oh yeah, yeah, ninety nine percent in the stands there, nearly full capacity, um, at the game. So yeah, I mean, you know, it's Army Navy. It's it's supposed to be, uh, ground a pound. So you you know, I get it. Um, does it make it the most entertaining game in the world? No, I'd like to know what the numbers were for, like the broadcast numbers. I don't know because I mean, like I said, I don't know what it was about this year, but it just. I just wasn't as interested as other years. Yeah. It just wasn't very – didn't grab my attention. Hmm. It's not like it was good defense because the defense didn't have to do much the first half. Like I said, I didn't see the second half, so obviously they scored more than the 7-3 first half I watched. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know what it was. You have to check out the numbers and see if a lot of people tuned out at a certain point or what. Yeah, I don't as, – as of recording here – uh, late Saturday night. I don't think there's a release yet, but yeah, I am interested because it's usually, you know, obviously highly watched typically. Um, but 
Yeah, I don't I don't think that's going to be the case this year. I bet that people turn it on, but I doubt it stays on in a lot of houses. Yeah, that's probably how it is most of the time, unless you are in the Army or in the Navy. Yeah. Well, let's, I, I don't have much else to say about this game. Uh, I'm interested to see. No. <laughs> I guess Army probably won't go. Yeah, they'll, they'll go to one of the military bowls, I'm sure. I wonder if they've accepted a bid yet. Um. We'll look at that in a minute. But how about first we, we talk a little bit about another probably not highly watched event. Um, I'd say significantly less so probably the Heisman ceremony this year. Uh, did you watch this? I didn't. I was driving, but I probably wouldn't uh, have no, anyway. I did not. Yeah. Uh, everybody knew it was going to be Caleb Williams, um, and it was yep. from USC. Um, and I think one of the things that, has turned people off, at least turned me off from watching it. It's just, it's just quarterbacks, and some of them shouldn't be there. Stetson Bennett probably shouldn't be there. Um, he, I mean, he's Bo Nix has better numbers in every single category, and I'm not saying Bo Nix should be there either because he yep. shouldn't. But why is there not? You can't find a receiver or running back. You can't find a defensive player. You can't find anyone besides Stetson Bennett and some of these. You know. Do you share that same opinion? Yeah. Um, yeah, I have the same opinion. I mean, I can't recall the last time there's a Heisman Trophy Award that I watched. I mean, because I'm trying to think of the last few years. I mean, it's been pretty obvious who, who was going to win it. Um, I don't know the last time I watched uh, to see who won. I'm trying to think, and I, I nothing's coming to, coming to mind. I typically and, do. And I don't really have any interest, especially when it's no players I really care about. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I just, it's like a lot of other sports things now. A lot of it, I'm just, I have no interest in it, especially something like this. It's just going to be boring. Yeah. Um, well, it was, Not a, my time. it was a landslide. Uh, sophomore quarterback received 2,031 total points, including 544 first place votes. Uh, second place finisher was Max Duggan of TCU. He received 1420 points, 188 first place votes, so it was not even close. In total, 88.57% of the ballots listed Williams, while Duggan appeared on 78.51% of the ballots. The other finalists, third and fourth place finishers, uh, third place CJ Stroud of Ohio State, fourth place Stetson Bennett of Georgia. They both had respectful, respectable showings, 539 points and 349 points. Uh, Shroud received 37 first place votes while Bennett received 36 votes for first place himself. And those people should lose their votes. <laughs> well, what I don't get, I mean, I could understand the case possibly for Stroud, yeah. but yeah, the people who 36 votes for first place for Bennett should have no vote, zero vote. How do the, because what you're, what you're saying at that point is that, the Heisman Trophy is a team award because yep. Bennett has had a great team around him and he's a great game manager, team player, knows how to run the offense, but he doesn't make amazing, incredible plays every single game. Yep. He does his job, but he has a fantastic team. So if those 36 are saying, you know what? This is not just an individual award. This is a team award. He's 13-0. And he's done a great job managing the offense. That's basically what they're saying. And they should have no vote. I have the top 10 here in voting. Do you have a guess who number five would be? Uh, I looked at it, but I forgot who five was. I know six was young. Yep. Six is Bryce Young. Five is Hendon Hooker in Tennessee. That's right. Yeah. Um, then it goes yeah. Blake Corum at Michigan, Michael Phoenix Jr. at Washington. Bijan uh, Robinson at Texas and Drake May, North Carolina, to finish out the top ten. So yeah, so zero wide receivers and zero defensive players in that top yeah. ten voting. Yeah, wild. Um, but you know, it's it's become a quarterback award, and that's probably how it's going to stay. Sure is. I mean, De- Devontae Smith has been the rare. I mean, him and then. Um, Derrick Henry running it as a running back. I mean, really, the Alabama players, the winning, have been the rare. Yeah. 
because you've had two running backs and a wide receiver win it in the past, what, 12, 13 years? Because uh, Ingram won it in 2009. Right, 2009. So, but, yeah, I mean, tonight it proved it was it was a quarterback award. <laughs> well, I thought it would be fun if we went through all the college football bowl games and just uh, randomly pick who we think is going to win or who we want to win. And we just won't say which it is. We're just going to pick a team each. And uh, and go with it. What do you think? That sounds good to me. <laughs> okay, so we're going to start out with the Bahama Bowl, <laughs> which uh, our own UAB is getting to appear in once again. They were playing Miami, Ohio. Uh, Miami, Ohio is the favorite by 11 points. But I'm going to take UAB because they've been in this bowl game before, and I just want them to win. What do you think about that? Yeah, I don't know about Miami, Ohio as an 11-point favorite. I mean, yeah. maybe I could see him as a slight favorite, but yeah, I'm picking UAB as well. Uh, the Later on, we have the Cure Bowl. Uh, this is on November 22nd. We have UTSA versus number 23, Troy. Always fun to see Troy uh, get some recognition. They're cracking the top 25 in the college football playoff rankings. UTSA is a 1.5 favorite, but I'm going to have to take Troy just because I'm going to be a homer today. Yeah, I'm picking Troy because they uh, won the uh, Sun Belt, and they've looked really good this year. Yeah. Uh, we have the Fenway Bowl, December 17th. Um, have sent, I think the last the last one I said it was November 22nd. No, it's no, number 22 UTSA versus number 23 Troy. I don't, I'm just reading. I'm not even thinking about what I'm saying. Yeah. Here. Saturday, December Yikes. 17th, we have the Fenway Bowl, Cincinnati versus Louisville. Louisville is a two-and-a-half-point favorite. The Bowl Mania, I picked Cincinnati. Um, I'm going. Yeah, I'm going Cincinnati because Louisville coach has already announced he's going to Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Um, probably going to be that's going to be the worst hire of the off season. Mm. Um, so I'm going to say Cincinnati just because Louisville could care less. Speaking of which, old news, but we haven't got to hear your thoughts on the hiring of Hugh Freeze really quickly. If you want to put it in like oh, two that's sentences, right. Yeah, I'll give a quick thought on it. Yeah. Um, I know it's pretty mixed in the Auburn fan base, but I'm on the side of, I think it was pretty disappointing because once mm. again, we had a lot of time to kind of lock in a top tier quality coach. Mm. Uh, Cause we knew Harson was going to get fired. It was a matter of time. Right. Um, but you know, of course we wanted to lock in with Kiffin that still fell through again for the second time. Um, and you know, you've got the baggage with Hugh Freeze, and I hear the same crap all the time. People are like, well, people deserve a second chance. Yeah, but he's he's got an ongoing investigation, right? Or I guess Liberty does in general, uh, one of his players maybe, for sexual misconduct. And he's out tweeting at people saying, oh, he's a great player. He wouldn't do that. I mean, we don't know the facts yet, but I, I don't, it's part of your business to kind of stay out of it until they ask you to put your input on in it. Right. Um, yeah. Probably. You know, stuff like that, you know, things like that that you struggle with. Yeah. A lot of people like that. It takes a while. And mm. I don't know. Um, it's not like a Bruce Pearl thing where he was caught up in some NCA violations. I understand a second chance for that. But yeah. something this like the Q Freeze. And, and <laughs> let's be honest, he, he's just an okay coach. He's yeah. just average. He did an okay job at Ole Miss. His recruiting was just all right. We see Lane Kiffin's been doing a much better job than he did. No, um, and then Liberty, he did an okay job. Um, so, I don't know. I, I was just disappointed because I think we could have gotten some, someone better. And once again, it just doesn't happen. And Hugh Freeze is probably the best bet because he's going to follow along with what the uh, board wants him to do. Mm. I and look now, said I know Dion was the name thrown around, and yeah, and now with Dion, I know he would have been a risk, but already look at Colorado; he's already bringing in top talent just because mm-hmm. of his name. Yeah. Well, speaking of Dion, let's get back on track here with the bowls, um, with the Celebration Bowl, Jackson State, which he may coach in. Let's play North Carolina Central. Jackson State is a 16.5-point favorite, but I imagine the transfer portal is probably already opened up there. Um, who are you taking in that game? 
Uh, Jackson State. <laughs> yeah, I agree. They're still so pretty loaded on talent, so I'm going to have to agree. Uh, New Mexico Bowl. We have SMU versus BYU. BYU is a one-and-a-half point favorite. Uh, I'm going to have to go SMU, though, just because I like them. It's fun. What do you think? I haven't watched these teams, obviously. Yeah, SMU sucks. I'm going BYU. Okay, BYU. Uh, the LA Bowl, we have Washington State versus Fresno State. Washington State is two-and-a-half point favorites. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with Washington State. I'm going to go uh, Fresno State. They've had a very good year, and they won the um, Mountain West, so I think they're going to win. What's, what state is Fresno State in? Uh, California. Let's look at the Linden Tree Bowl. Rice versus Southern Miss. Southern Miss, six-point favorite. Who you got? I'm going uh, Southern Miss. Rice with five wins and still made a bowl. So, yeah, I'm going to go Southern Miss. Southern Miss. All right. Uh, we have the Vegas Bowl, Las Vegas Bowl. Florida versus number 17, Oregon State. Oregon State is a six-and-a-half-point favorite. We talked about how Florida has 15 in the transfer portal right now, so I'm going to have to agree and go with Oregon State based on that alone. Yep, I agree. There's going to be Oregon State W. Uh, Frisco Bowl, North Texas versus Boise State. Boise is a nine-point favorite. I'm okay with that. Um, uh, I'm sticking with Boise as well there in Frisco, Texas. Yeah, I, I agree. They made it to the Mountain West Championship and lost to Fresno, but um, yeah, they'll, they'll beat North Texas. Uh, the Myrtle Beach Bowl, Marshall versus UConn. Marshall is a 10.5-point favorite, the Green Wave. Um, I don't know much about either of these teams. Marshall has an 8-4 eight and, a four, eight and four record. Uh, UConn has a 6-6, six and six, so just I guess based off that, I guess I'll go with Marshall. Yeah, I am as well, even though you know UConn's had a very big turnaround year making a bowl. Um, but yeah, I think Marshall's the better team. Now to December 20th, the famous Idaho Potato Bowl. Michigan versus San Jose State. Sorry, Eastern Michigan versus San Jose State. San Jose State is a four and a half point favorite. I always pick San Jose State. I don't know why I've always liked them, so I'm going to have to go with him here. Um, who you got in this game? Yeah, I'm going with them as well. Um, they've looked pretty good. I thought they would make um, their conference championship because they're in the Mountain West as well, but they kind of slid, screwed up a couple of games towards the end of the season. But uh, I think that they, they've looked pretty good, and I like their quarterback. Yeah. Uh, Boca Raton Bowl. Liberty versus Toledo. Toledo, a one-point favorite. Uh, Liberty's 8-4. and four. Toledo, 8-5. and five. Of course, Liberty losing their coach to Auburn, though, so I'm going to have to go with Toledo just based on that. Yeah, me as well. Liberty's probably could care less playing that bowl game, so I'm going Toledo. Uh, New Orleans Bowl, we have Western Kentucky versus South Alabama. South Alabama's a five-point favorite. I'm going to be a homer once again. Pick the 10-2 and two, uh, South Alabama uh, over Western Kentucky. I'm going Western Kentucky because they have a very oh. good team. Uh, the 8-5 and five record doesn't really show how good of an offense they have, so I'm going to okay. go Western Kentucky. Very good. Armed Force, Armed Forces Bowl, Baylor versus Air Force. Baylor is a six and a half point favorite, but it's the Armed Forces Bowl. Does that play any factor? Yeah, I was actually just thinking that. I was like, oh man, because I'm going with Baylor, but yeah, I'm going to go with Baylor that still. Yeah, I am too. Um, December 23rd, Christmas Eve Eve. We have the Independence Bowl. Uh, Louisiana versus Houston. Houston's a five-point favorite. I like Houston. I'm going with them here as well. Yeah, me as well. I know Houston has struggled this year after having a really good year last year, but Louisiana is very bad. Yeah. Gasparilla Bowl, Wake Forest versus Mizzou. Wake Forest is a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Um, the SEC typically doesn't do great all across the board in bowl games, so maybe Wake Forest does pick this one up. But I'm going to I'm going to take Mizzou. Yeah, I am as well. Because I mean, I know Mizzou six and six. I mean, that's big for them to make this bowl, and yeah. I think they played pretty good. I mean, they should have beat Auburn. They played Georgia close. They played some other games close too. So, um, yeah, I like Mizzou. Christmas Eve, my favorite bowl, the Hawaii Bowl, Middle Tennessee State versus San yeah. Diego State. Uh, San Diego State three and a half point favorites, but I'm going to go with Middle Tennessee. Uh, state there. Uh, oh, okay. 
I'm going uh, yeah, San Diego State. Okay. Always love watching the Hawaii Bowl. It's always on uh, Christmas Eve nights, and a lot of times Hawaii is in it, and it's just just fun, fun times. Only game so that day. Where are they playing this app? Because they they're tearing they tore down the stadium, and they've been playing at a temporary temporary stadium, and that one barely holds anybody. So they're playing at the Clarence T C Ching Athletics Complex complex in honolulu i don't know if that's where they have been playing or if this is where this is but that's i think so that sucks Hmm. yeah still in hawaii though that's nice you know yeah that's fine um day after christmas with the quick lane bowl new mexico state versus bowling green new mexico state's a one point favorite sure i don't care uh i'll pick new mexico state (laughs) (laughs) i'm going bowling green i've always liked uh, bowling green Great. The Camille, uh, Camellia Bowl, Georgia Southern versus Buffalo. Georgia Southern is a four-point favorite. They were 6-6. Six and six. Buffalo also 6-6. Six and six. This one, of course, is in Montgomery. Sure, Georgia Southern. I don't I don't care. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Yeah, I'm going uh, Georgia Southern as well. They have the much better offense, and uh, I okay. think they'll win. Cool. I don't know. Uh, first Responder Bowl, Memphis versus Utah State. Memphis, a nine-and-a-half-point favorite. Um have the same record of six and six. Uh, I like Memphis. They usually play good ball, so I'm going to go with them, although I have not watched any of them this year. Uh, I've watched a little bit of both. Um, You know, Utah State's been pretty disappointing after winning the Mountain West last year, but I think Utah State still has a pretty solid team, so I'm going to go State on this one. The biggest bowl of the year, the Birmingham Bowl, of two Carolina teams this year, the Coastal Carolina versus East Carolina. East Carolina is a seven-point favorite, uh, although Coastal Carolina has a better record, nine and three, as opposed to Eastern Carolina, seven and five. Are we going to go to this, first of all? Are we going to go to the Birmingham Bowl this year? I know we talk about it all the time, but to see these two teams, I don't know. <laughs> I bet we, I bet this year we could get those press. Last year I just messaged because it was Auburn, and I was like, hey, can we get press passes? They were like, who are you? I bet this yeah. year we could get them. We wouldn't even have to. I bet I could just use my personal email. We could get them. Probably could. Um, but um, I'm going to say East Carolina because uh, Coastal Carolina has really struggled the majority of their games. But uh, I, I like the way East Carolina has played this year. I'm going to go with East Carolina as well. The Guarantee Rate Bowl. Uh, Wisconsin versus Oklahoma State. Wisconsin is a three-and-a-half-point favorite over a six-and-six six Wisconsin. Um, oh, no, over seven-and-five Oklahoma State. I'm going to go with Wisconsin. Yeah, I think I'm going to change my pick to Wisconsin because Oklahoma State's quarterback is transferring. Um, so, yeah, I think I'm going to go Wisconsin on this one. Um, the 28th, we have the Military Bowl, Central Florida versus Duke. Central Florida is a two-and-a-half-point favorite. I'm going to have to go with the Knights. Let's see Gus Malzahn get him a win. Yeah, I, I think UCF will win, too. I don't see Duke being able to keep up with them. Liberty Bowl, Kansas versus Arkansas. Arkansas is a five-point favorite. Um, of course, Arkansas has had a weird up and down year. Definitely taking a step back from 2021, only barely making the bowl game six and six. But I'm going to go with them to get the seventh win over Kansas. Yeah, that's what I'm leaning towards as well. I know Kansas. Um, they had a great start and had a downfall. They started five and zero and then finished one and six. Um, but they lost their starting quarterback and the backup's not bad. But yeah, I think I have to lean Arkansas. Um, we have the Holiday Bowl, number 15, Oregon versus North Carolina. Oregon is, is a – this is a 105-point favorite, but I think that's supposed to be 10.5. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with Oregon, though, for sure. Yeah, I think I'm going to go with Oregon as well. I, you know, they have two great offenses. Um, this is going to be a shootout because the this has to be the two worst defenses in the country playing each other. Yeah. So expect a lot of points, but, yeah, I think Oregon – will uh, end up prevailing. Texas Bowl. We have Texas Tech versus Ole Miss. Uh, Ole Miss just signing Lane Kiffin to an extension despite losing, what, four of their last games? Yep. Uh, I'm going to go with Ole Miss to finally get a win, though. Get back on track. Yeah, I'm going to go Ole Miss as well. I think they'll play pretty well against Texas Tech. The Pinstripe Bowl, December 29th. Syracuse versus Minnesota. Minnesota, a seven-point 
favorite. Um, I like Syracuse's mascot, but I like Minnesota's logo more, so I'm going to have to go with Minnesota. <laughs> yeah, I think these have been two kind of even teams in their conferences yeah. throughout the year, but um, yeah, I like Minnesota in this one. This one's always fun, too, because this is the ball game that happens at Yankee Stadium. Uh, so that's yeah, fun. so they're having one at uh, Fenway Stadium and Yankee Stadium, so that's cool. Very cool. Cheese it Bowl, Oklahoma versus number 13, Florida State. Florida State is an eight-point favorite, and definitely going with Florida State. Oklahoma, not a very good team. What I don't understand is, yeah, I'm going Florida State as well, but they couldn't get a better opponent for Florida State. They just throw Oklahoma at them. Right. I, think, I guess it's just a brand recognition. Yeah, and that's um, dumb. But, yeah, I mean, because Oklahoma's yeah. been awful. So, um I'm going Florida State, yeah. and Florida gets Florida State's got something going. I like uh, the uh, head coach came over from Memphis, and he's doing a pretty good job. Alamo Bowl, number twenty-one Texas versus number twelve Washington. I actually think this is an interesting matchup here. Um, Texas is a three and a half point favorite, despite having two more losses than Washington does. But of course, Washington in a easier conference. Um, but I, I am going to go. I'm going to go with uh, with Washington, even though I really think Texas will win. I want Washington to, so <laughs> I'm going to say Washington, even though this will yeah, be a home game for I, Texas, essentially. Yeah, I think um, Washington's going to win because, I mean, I honestly think they have the better team, and uh, they have a really good quarterback, and they've uh, their offenses look pretty good this year. So, um, yeah, I think uh, Washington will come home with the W. Uh, the the fan favorite bowl, the Mayo Bowl, Maryland versus number 25, NC State. Maryland is a one-and-a-half-point favorite, uh, but I'm going to go with the NC State. You know, I'm going to go Maryland because NC State's quarterback is transferring. and um, That's right. You know, Maryland's – I like Maryland this year. Talia's had a very solid year. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think they'll win. I don't think NC State could – I don't think they really care to be there. I'm going to switch it. Yeah, I'm going to go Maryland, too. I forgot their quarterback is leaving. Sun Bowl, Pittsburgh versus number 18, UCLA. UCLA is a four-point favorite, and I'm going to have to agree. Yeah, UCLA all day. Gator Bowl, number 19, Notre Dame versus number 20, South Carolina. This is a fun one. Notre Dame is a five-and-a-half-point favorite. Oh, I hate, I never want to pick Notre Dame, but it's hard. it's hard not to. Yeah, and I don't like all this hype into uh, South Carolina at the end of the season. Um, yeah. I think Notre Dame has kind of gotten everything together towards the second half of the year, so I like them in this game. All right, Arizona Bowl, Ohio versus Wyoming. Ohio, three-point favorites. Um, sure. I'm going to go Ohio. Wyoming. Yeah, <laughs> okay. Orange Bowl, number six, Tennessee versus number 10, Clemson. Getting into the good ones here. Clemson is a four-point favorite. But I'm gonna have to go Tennessee. I think they're gonna try to. Nah, get yeah, I'm gonna go Clemson. Win. I think. Well, Clemson, Clemson with yeah. finally starting that true freshman quarterback, who's way better mm. than um, yeah. the, the guy uh, DJ who's transferring. I think Clemson's finally got some stuff clicking, so uh, I think they'll win. Finally, to New Year's Eve, Music City Bowl, Iowa versus Kentucky. Kentucky, a three-point favorite, but I feel like. What is Kentucky's history in bowl games? I feel like it's not great. I feel like they've let us down. Well, they've had such a disappointing year, and I don't, and um, I don't know if their quarterback's playing. It doesn't really matter because he's had a very disappointing year. Even though he's still, uh, they're projecting to go first round, but yep. I'm still going Kentucky because Iowa's offense is horrific. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go Iowa just to see what happens. Sugar Bowl. Number five, Alabama. Number 11, Kansas State. Alabama, five-point favorites. But Alabama doesn't typically like to show up to games that are not playoff games. What do you think? Yeah, I like Kansas State. They've got a lot of they're momentum. More, they're going to be more excited to be here, for sure. Yeah, yeah they just Kansas State's happy to be here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to pick Alabama, but I, yeah, I think Kansas State will win that game. The Verbal Fiesta Bowl. Number three, TCU versus number two, Michigan, a playoff game. Michigan is a nine-point favorite. Yeah, I hate it, but Michigan is going to win this game. Yeah, Michigan's got a very good defense and um, probably one of the better, one of the 
top, you know, three running games in the country. And their quarterback um, has, I didn't really think much of him, but um, his pass, his passing abilities looked a lot better the past few games. And um, I just, I just like what I see from Michigan over TCU. So I'm going to Michigan. The Peach Bowl, number four, Ohio State versus number one, uh, Georgia. This is the easy one, Georgia, right? I don't even need to say that they're a six and a half point favorite. Yeah, Georgia. I mean, I could see Ohio State making it a good game, but I have a hard time seeing them winning after their performance against Michigan. Yeah. January 2nd, we have the Relia Quest Bowl, number 24, Mississippi State versus Illinois. Um, spread is, it just says pick them. So I'm going to go Mississippi State. I'm going Illinois. They've got pretty good defense, and um, they've had a solid year. Citrus Bowl, number 16, LSU versus Purdue. LSU is six-and-a-half-point favorite. I'm going to go LSU. I'm going Purdue because they made the Big Ten. They played Michigan pretty good majority of the game till you know third fourth quarter, and um, LSU just lost to – got killed by A&M and Georgia. I, they could mm-hmm. care less to be in this bowl game. I think, yeah, I think that is true, but I think Brian Kelly is going to really motivate him to get that 10 win, for his 10th win for his yeah, first year. I think that's going to be it. Uh, Cotton Bowl Classic. We have number eight USC versus number 14 Tulane. USC, two and a half point favorite. Um, USC is still excited. I'm going to say USC. Yeah, even after getting killed in Pac 12, uh, I, I like USC. I mean, it's Tulane. Let's, let's be honest. Come on. And last one here, the Rose Bowl. Number seven, Utah versus number nine, Penn State. Utah, a two-point favorite. Oh, you go ahead. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm going to go, I'm gonna go uh, Penn State. I am as well. Penn State's had a great year. I mean, the only two losses are to Michigan, Ohio State. So I'm, Yeah, good losses. I think they're going to win. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Well, Justin, I'll be honest. We don't have time for much else <laughs> after that. Hey, do you want to pick um, uh, your national champion? Georgia. I'm going to go Michigan. Michigan gets their revenge. Really? I'd love for it to be Michigan yep. over Georgia. But uh, do you want I, to? You do... know, I think this Michigan team is a lot better than the one last year. Um, I think they have a better shot of upsetting Georgia. Hmm. Well, here's here's the deal, Justin. We ran way too long with that. We, we have time to go to a break, and we can come back, and we can do either awards or letters, which one you want to do. Ooh, let's go straight to letters. Okay, we'll be right back. You're listening to The Game Managers on WJLX 101.5. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to The Game Managers Podcast. We went way over talking about bowl games, and we're not going to do our awards. We're not doing Professor Knight. We're getting straight into letters. So let's go ahead and play the theme song, Justin. Go-getters write letters, we're the ones who read them. Please don't stop writing in to fill the time we need them. We are reading letters, the letters wrote by you. We are reading letters, the letters wrote by you. If you'd like to write us a letter, you can do so at GameManagersPod at gmail.com. You can also find us at TGMPod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Write us a letter there. This first one comes from Dave. What's the worst bowl game of the year? We just talked about a lot of them. Um, I guess there's two ways you can talk about this. You can either say what is the worst bowl, like by itself, or what is the worst matchup of the year. I think we have the same matchup in mind, though. Yeah, I'm. Well, I'm thinking Iowa, Kentucky. What are you thinking? Oh, really? Um, I was thinking Oklahoma yeah, and Florida I think that's State. Oh, uh, yeah, that could be. But I don't. I think Iowa and Kentucky too not very good offenses, it's going to be pretty miserable to watch. Yeah, I guess I was thinking more of like unfair, like Florida State's mm, not getting yeah, a good matchup. Yeah, just not even close in competition. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. What about worst bowl? What's the one bowl you don't want to go to? Probably worst. probably the the one in Montgomery. What is that one? Oh, I, I was thinking the Birmingham Bowl, but I guess since <laughs> they have a new stadium now in Birmingham, it yeah, makes it more nice appetizing, yeah. something you want to go see. It's not at Legion Field. Um, yeah. yeah, probably Montgomery because I think they're playing at like a D2 or D3 school, don't they? Yeah, it's something like it's terrible. Yeah, I'd hate that. 
Who? Wait, what's the name of that one? Who's playing in that one? I don't even remember. I gotta, I gotta see what it's even called. Oh, the Camellia, Camellia Bowl, and it's Georgia Southern versus Buffalo. All right, let me see if I can find out real quick where they're playing. Okay. Yeah, it just says Montgomery. I don't know where it's at. A location Crampton uh, Bowl. It says. Yeah, I mean, I don't where know. does it say the stadium is? Come on, give me the stadium. <laughs> what is the I don't stadium? Know what that means. Um, oh, it's called the Crampton Bowl. That's what it is. A 25,000-seat stadium um, opened in 1922 as a baseball stadium. It's been to home to Major League Baseball spring training to minor league baseball. Today, however, it is mostly used for American football. I was about to say, does anybody, anybody play there during the season? I don't think so. Not like consistently. Okay. But it's yeah. it's 100 years old. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no The thanks. newly renovated, it says. Okay, yeah, no anyway, thanks. don't want to play there. Uh, and our other letter comes from Will. This is a good question. Would you rather win a Super Bowl or a Heisman Trophy? Ooh. Um, yeah. I, hmm. I'd rather win Super a Bowl is, Super Bowl. I get that yeah. nice ring. Okay, but in this scenario, are you just... I mean, if you're the quarterback or like a, a linebacker or something, that's cool. If you're just like a fourth string, are you still wanting the Super Bowl over a Heisman? Are you kidding me? Heck yeah. I'm, I'm getting paid decently to be a backup and I get a Super Bowl. Heck yeah. <laughs> um, I'm going to say if I'm a starter Super Bowl, if I'm not, I want the Heisman. That's what I'm going to say. Because I could get the Heisman and then just be a bust and not do anything. It's true. It's true. That's okay, though. I don't mind that. All right. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening. Sorry we had to cut a lot of this out. Um, but that's okay. Um, do you want, want to just do the best and bust of the week for our awards since we, we have them right here? Um, sure, yeah. What's your best of the week? Okay. Uh, best of the week, I've got Alabama basketball's win over number one Houston on the road Saturday night, 71-65. And uh, Bust had the Heisman ceremony for having the least interesting mm. Heisman race in recent memory. Hmm. Do you have an award for this week already? No, I was just going to say um, Auburn basketball was kind of a bust today, just mm. the way they look, but still a long way to go. Yeah, that's right. Okay, well, thank you, everyone, for listening. We will be back next week uh, to preview the games a little more in detail. Not such a, a rush, just pick them all. But uh, thank you, everyone, for tuning in, for coming back, and we will see you next week. Yeah, y'all have a great week. It was great to be back. I've missed y'all. And, hey, as always, War Eagle anyways. Blue 42! Blue 42! Hut, hut, hike! Thank you for listening to The Game Managers. Like the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at TGM Pod. Until next week, goodbye, adios, and sayonara.